Astra Economic Week in Review. My name is John Eckstein. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of Astra Investment Management, and I'm joined today with my friend and colleague, Nick Porter. Nick, hello. Hi, John. I think today we'll talk a lot about the Fed and all this recession talk that we were hearing in the last couple of weeks in particular. So maybe we'll end up with where we think the economy is in a nutshell instead of starting there. So do you want to run down what the Fed did, Nick? Yes, yeah, so the last meeting, the Fed hiked by 75 basis points. And it's a semi surprise. A quasi surprise, right? So I think prior, maybe three or four days prior to the meeting, I think the expectation was for 50 basis points. And that was reflected in things like Fed fund futures and other forward markets. And then we had the CPI print, which was quite hot. And as a result, the Fed did this sort of thing that they've done in the past. Of course, this is not actually confirmed, but the general consensus is that they reached out to the Wall Street Journal and hinted that they were thinking about 75 basis points, in effect, to sort of get ahead of the market and and let people know what was going on. And uh, indeed, that's what they did. They hiked by 75 basis points. And I think that's really a function of their concern around how persistent inflation has proven to be. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so 75 basis points... A week before it was a surprise, the day of it was not a surprise because, yeah, the the Fed has always maintained a special hotline to the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) And the almost gone unnoticed is that the quantitative tightening started in June also. I think the balance sheet is actually up since then, amusingly, but that'll change. And I think also, like, if you think back to the press conference, Powell... Okay, so I'm going to say there's two ways to interpret the press conference. One is, as you characterized it, like Powell is concerned about the persistence of inflation. I think the other way to say it is basically like Powell's just looking at gas prices and he's going to keep hiking until gas prices go down. Like, prove me wrong. Like, that's what it kind of sounds like. And that's not a great place to be. No, I mean, they do keep on touching around energy prices. And of course, the Fed has exactly zero control over energy prices. I mean, the the way that they can impact that is, of course, through demand, but it would be a pretty long road. The demand curve for gas is fairly inelastic because people need to, to get it to and from work. So it is interesting that they keep on talking about that. I take away from the presser is really that whether truly held or not, they continue to believe that they can manufacture some sort of soft landing. I think that runway is getting a little bit shorter, and we'll talk about some of the data points recently to hint at that. But I do think that they see the privacy of their role right now is combating inflation. I think they've said that the labor market, U3 unemployment might go up to you know, 4% before they tame inflation. That doesn't seem totally realistic to me. It doesn't seem realistic because like it's going to get higher or because it's not going to get up there? I think it would probably be higher if they hike as rapidly as they, they seem to be hinting at. Um, yeah, so that's probably a good place to mention that the next meeting, it's a little bit up in the air. They've had a few speakers come out. Some people have said 50, some people have said 75, basically three quarters of a percent and sort of everywhere in between. So they are retaining optionality. But if you look at futures markets, I think the mean expectation is something like 65 basis points. So the market's not totally on the side of 50 or 75, but probably leaning more towards three quarters of a percent. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, the market is expecting 65 basis points or something at the next meeting, which is the end of July. So we'll have one more CPI number then. And the next meeting after that is at the end of September, two CPI readings between them. And right now the market is expecting an additional 175 basis points for the rest of the year. Yeah. And so in terms of the projection, so, you know, in the projections, they say, what is the level of GDP going to be at the end of 2024 under appropriate monetary policy? 
And right now, the thing is it's going to be about 2% lower than what they were projecting in March, right? So definitely the Fed sees themselves taking some of the heat out of the economy. Yeah. And Powell even said at the meeting, uh, at the press conference, that either 50 or 75 is most likely at the next meeting. So we'll see. And it's interesting because, like, he also said that the inflation, this is what I kind of wanted to to shine a light on, is that, like, Powell says that inflation developments warranted the bigger price hike, right? And so the only thing that came out was CPI, and the big mover in CPI was gasoline, so again, which is not like you said. So, I mean, and then he also said, you know, we had this bad Michigan number, inflation expectation number, which is like something that <laughs> like nobody looks at. I talk about it, you talk about it, but like it's total inside baseball. Yeah, I mean, the Fed is really, I think they always have been, particularly now, have been focused on inflation expectations because they see that as sort of the sticky component of inflation in the future. People expect more inflation and thus there is more inflation. And everything from the UMICH number, of course, but we can also look at things like five-year, five-year inflation swaps. So that's swaps, five-year swaps starting five years from now, five years forward. And those have certainly gone up prior to, say, 2008. The average reading there was around 3%, and then post-2010 was maybe around 2%, and now they're around 2.5%. And so that doesn't suggest cause for concern for me. If anything, it suggests that the market believes that the Fed still has quite a bit of credibility and that they are going to do what it takes, even if that means a recession, to make sure that inflation moderates over the medium term. But I guess the Fed's view of that is that, well, now we have to live up to that. Yeah, so the in five-year, five-year, so this is a market-based inflation expectation. It's a little funky because like it's not like the most liquid thing in the world, but it is market-based. And so that actually has dropped a lot since the Fed meeting, right? So now it's 2.5, which is sort of at the high end of the last seven years, but is below almost anything in the previous period, right? Like, so two and a half percent CPI was basically right at target. So why is that going down? People think the Fed have it. What do they mean by the Fed's having it? Well, I think there's chatter in the last, since the Fed meeting really it's picked up that we are going to go into a recession and it's going to be the Fed's choice. Right. And in a recession as soon as, I don't know, people are saying second quarter 2023. So people are saying, Sooner, some people are saying later, but I would say that is absolutely the modal expectation within the market. And uh, yeah, I mean, you've seen that in things like 10-year treasury yields, which were as high as 3.4 just a couple of weeks ago, 3.4%, and now are actually below 3% as we are speaking. And that definitely suggests that people are expecting economic growth to cool substantially. Yeah, it's kind of remarkable. And it's a really interesting one because... A lot of the data that you can touch, payrolls, is still quite strong, while a lot of the data that you can't touch, consumer sentiment, purchasing managers indices, is looking weak. Let's highlight a few things with that. One is, I've been talking about consumer sentiment all year, continues to deteriorate, and I continue to be worried about it. Pause, like if people just decide that like they're in a bad mood, they just won't spend money. And if everyone decides they're not going to spend money, that's a recession right there. So that is talking about sort of our average of several different consumer sentiment indices. They're all a little different. And they are lower than at the lowest part of the pandemic. 
though still above the Great Recession. One more thing I'd like to point out about the consumer confidence is that if you look at the difference between consumer expectations and current conditions in the conference board survey, that's at sort of a low that's typically associated with recessions right now. Also in software data, the purchasing managers indices. And so we actually got a number of those in the US. We've got service sector and manufacturing sector. And for each of those, we've got two different surveys. And if you average all those together, those are looking quite weak. The manufacturing, the ISM manufacturing one, which is sort of like the most popular one is doing a little bit better. But if you average all four of those purchase manager indices together, their weakness is quite remarkable over the last several months. What about the housing market? Housing market's been interesting recently. There's always this question about how monetary policy impacts the real economy. And of course, one of them is the supply of credit and really the primary channel for that, I think, is within the housing market. Yep. Simply, the the rationale is pretty clear that Fed raises rates and so mortgage rates go up. And so a housing market that was already relatively unaffordable becomes more unaffordable because people have to pay higher interest on mortgages and maybe they end up not picking out a mortgage because that factors into their decision-making. Right. And mortgages have already gone from 3% to 6% in calendar 2022. Right. Which is pretty substantial over the lifetime of a loan. Yep. So there's two data points that I think speak to the impact of monetary policy in the housing market. One is mortgage applications. Last week, they were up 6.2%, and now they're down to 4.2%. So that's a pretty marked decline. The other is existing home sales, which previously were down 2.4% month over month, and now are down 3.4% month over month. That's a pretty radical shift from past couple of weeks and past couple of months. And so I think that shows a pretty immediate impact for housing purchases. Yeah, I think that is true. I think inventories are increasing for the first time in a long time also. And so a few other data points is that the real consumer spending has dropped a little bit and the real income growth is getting lower. I would say also like the leading index is down over the last six months or so, leading index of leading economic indicators. Before we talk about the recession odds in 2020. Two, the Atlanta Fed's GDP now came in negative today, based in part on inventories and in part on the income numbers, I think. But so that's trying to now cast the GDP growth and it's going to be negative. So you say IHS also says that GDP shranks seven tenths of a percent in quarter two. So are you recession or, or no? Yeah, I just want to touch quickly on one of those data points that, that you mentioned, which is consumer spending, and that came from the GDP revision. Usually, we don't really care much about revision number for GDP. They don't change that much. That's not all that much exciting. But this one was really driven by a really sizable downward revision to consumer spending and an upward revision to inventories. And so I think that is somewhat worrying for where the economy is relative to where we thought it was for the first print of the number. You do hear anecdotal stuff about Inventories are building up and there could be a big, if you want to buy home furniture or whatever, like September, you're going to get big sales. Right. The other side of the bull whip. Right. Now, as far as 2022, I think it's possible that we could see a shallow recession I mean, defined by two quarters of negative GDP growth. Yeah, I think that is definitely possible. Do I think it's going to be an outright attracted downturn? You know, I don't really. I think consumers are still in a 
decent state. We get some sort of demand destruction, particularly vis-a-vis energy and durables. And then I kind of think things keep on ticking along because the labor market is quite strong. It is possible that inflation remains persistent, the Fed continues to hike, and then we get a deeper recession in 2023. I think that's probably the most likely outcome. Interesting. I guess I'm wondering if we are going to see CPI sort of clearly top out over the summer. And part of that depends on stuff outside of everybody's control, like except for Vladimir Putin. Mm -hmm. But I guess I see that as a possibility in that the Fed will be able to cool off a little bit. I guess in the whole, I don't see a recession. I'm going to say if I had to say yes or no, I'm going to say no. How are you defining this, like this sort of Ember, you know, traditional recession? Well, so, so two quarters of negative growth. What's the? Well, that's not. That's not what. That's not how NBR defines it. No, they define it as a broad-based slowdown, and like, and including, they look at employment and incomes and stuff like that. So, right. Uh, My point is that the first quarter, we have two yeah. quarters negative. We could have two quarters negative growth, but it's not going to mean anything really terrible. Is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Right. So the first, first quarter GDP was already revised down to a 1.6 decline. Right. That's possible to think that that continued again uh, this quarter Q2, which we're, we're just ending. So by that definition, I suppose we already have had a recession. But it doesn't really feel like one, right? Labor market's incredibly tight. Yeah, labor market's incredibly tight. Houses are super expensive. People you can't get an airplane seat. So it's a weird recession if it is one. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm being a little wishy-washy, but I guess I'm going to say I'm not going to see an NBR recession. But of course, they only announce it like a year later, so everyone will have forgotten by then. We'll, we'll find out in 2024 when everyone knows it's happened already. The only other thing I wanted to talk about that you had mentioned was that inflation would peak and the Fed would be able to pull off the jet. And I think inflation probably already has peaked. You know, the PCA numbers this that came out today were relatively soft versus expectations. But just because inflation's peak doesn't mean that it's going to be anywhere near where the Fed feels comfortable, right? So even if inflation sort of gets to the 4% range, which I think is actually plausible by the end of 2022, the Fed might continue to hike into that, even if there is signs of labor market weakness. I think that's true. That's a good point, though. I guess I would say that I would expect some of the sort of pre-hiking that the markets have already done to come out in that case, right? Like... The Fed only has to go 75 or 100 basis points this year instead of 175 or 200, right? And we've already seen yields come back down. We'll see how transitory this yield reduction is. And, you know, the risk is out of favor right now, sort of broadly. So we'll see. Okay, I think we'll leave it there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you like more economic analysis, you can check out the Astro website, download the Astro Research app, or reach out to your Astra sales representative. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John. To learn more about Astra Investment Management's research and strategies, please visit us on the web at www.astraam.com or stay up to date by following us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and our app is also available on the App Store and Google Play. Thank you. Aster Investment Management, LLC, is a SEC-registered investment advisor. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only. This is not a solicitation to offer investment advice or services in any state where to do so would be unlawful. 
Analysis and research are provided for informational purposes only, not for trading or investing purposes. All opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and subject to change, they are not intended as investment recommendations.